following program, Real Estate Radio, is brought to you in part by Trusted Agent USA. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of News of Radio or its management. Welcome to Real Estate Radio, hosted by the real estate therapist, Larry Shackman, a top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, connecting you with top-performing agents for 2% commission. Each week, we bring you exclusive interviews with industry experts, covering everything from staging to negotiation strategies to home inspection issues and everything in between. Whether you're selling your home, a first-time home buyer, or a seasoned investor, we've got you covered. Let's make your real estate dreams a reality in this fast-moving and ever-changing real estate market. This program is funded in whole or in part by Trusted Agent USA, Illinois license number 475-145-795. Now, here's Larry. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is Saturday, the 18th of February, and it's about 18 degrees out. So we're in the balmy... uh, Chicago weather here and enjoying every minute of it, of it right, guys? That's right. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it actually looks a lot nicer outside than it is. Mm-hmm. It, it oh, lo- my God. If you thought we were getting that early spring, remember yeah. Groundhog's Day? They're like, oh, it's 50 degrees. It's going to be great. Not great. It's yeah. cold. Yeah. It's so. But by Wednesday, we're supposed to be at about 55. Of course. Your mouth so, to God's ears, yeah. pal. So we'll see what happens there. But uh just want to welcome everybody once again, 9 o'clock. We're broadcasting from the studio of WCPT AM, and that's 820 AM, the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. We're also streaming live at 820 AM on Facebook and at the Real Estate Radio Show podcast on Facebook as well. So go join us there and follow us, of course, on all your favorite podcasts, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. So we have a lot to talk about today, but I, before we jump right into it, I want to remind everybody that real estate is a full service, uh, excuse me, a full contact sport. So if you guys are watching or listening, you can Call us at 773-763-9278. That's 773-763-9278. You can call us with any questions, any comments you want to make, what's going on in your real estate life, and uh, we'd be happy to help, I think. Right, Dylan? Absolutely. We're always happy to help, Larry, and let's talk a little bit about the fact we have a full couch today here in the studio. Yes, Yes, so... We have the Sam and Dane show. (laughs) Yes, Uh, Sam Laverty and, uh, excuse me, uh, Dane Laverty. And Sam, how do I pronounce your last name? Abundes. Abundes. Yes, sir. Look at, I did it the first time. Sam Abundes. And that was the... the, uh, uh-huh. Not with the not with the affect that Sam does. That's right. I did too. Sam uh, Laverty Thank you. <laughs> okay. It's different when he does it. Yeah. So Sam and Dane are managing partners at uh, Property Pals, Pals USA. Property Pals USA and Property Pals USA. I'll let you guys give them a little, uh, just a, a quick thumbnail. What Property Pals does and what's your mission? Um, our mission is to provide a real estate solution to individuals in distress and or just looking to get out of a property uh, as seamless as possible. 
Um, we've been around for three years. Uh, Dan and I essentially built this from scratch. Or had another partner at one point or another. Uh, but essentially we built this from scratch. And now, you know, we're providing, in my opinion, a pretty good service where people can count on us getting things done. Yeah, so you're giving people that are in distress situations, whether that's a short sale, maybe they're headed for foreclosure, maybe there are a couple payments behind, maybe they have a house that they can't afford to fix up so they can get that top dollar out of it, but they need to move, you're going to give them some options where they can do that without necessarily putting it on the market with a broker like myself. Exactly. Which breaks my heart, but go ahead. <laughs> and, and again, not all properties that, or homeowners that we conversate with are, uh, you know, are a fit for what, you know, what yeah. we present to them. So essentially we do offer the, the, realtor, uh, uh, the realtor option and or we'll recommend another realtor to step in and yeah. actually help them out. Yeah, da- I was joking about hey, that. You know, we, we, we really only recommend one realtor on this show. I actually closed a place yesterday, so let's throw a parade. Uh, Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) I don't get those. Um, But yeah, we are glad to have you guys here, and you guys are going to be joining us the third Saturday of every month. So super excited. uh, Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about. Uh, distressed properties and uh, how you guys help people, but also what you have available out there Mm -hmm. that, you know, if we have investors listening or somebody that would like to get into real estate investment, you, I have a three flat coming on the market. You know, I tell people what's going on in my inventory and you guys, you know, as well. uh, Yeah. We're a, we're a, we're a great source for deal flow for, uh, for investors. So yeah, you know, deal, I think a lot of investors are getting spooked right now by stuff on the market or not even spooked, just outbid. Um, and so, you know, they're looking for deals and they're thirsty for deals. I think, investor texted me yesterday. He's like, I'm at the point where I'm ready to overpay. I was like, let's talk. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, oh my you know, God. I, you know what? It's funny because you, you, you have to have action, right, in, yeah. in any business, and it's it's tough for investors to get action. I, I also think, I think, just one of the things I wanted to point out is a niche for the folks listening as a potential investor, right? If you haven't invested in that first property yet, we often will talk to people and they're like, oh, I want to buy a foreclosure or, oh, I want to buy a place that's been repossessed by Fannie Mae, right? We had um, had John on on the podcast on a Wednesday, right? If I'm not mistaken, he talked about properties that have already been repossessed by Fannie Mae and that they're doing the rehab and they're trying to capture that money. And so there doesn't there doesn't end up being left a lot of meat on the bone in a lot of transactions for the first-time investor. But it sounds to me like there's a space for you guys, and I'm on your email list or your, your text list um, where you can get a text that says, hey, this property's fresh and available and probably has some meat on the bone for your transaction. Mm-hmm. And if you're an investor or a potential investor, that's a place you can go, right? Like you guys can help not only solve the problems for the real estate seller, mm-hmm. but there's a place for a real estate buyer in what you do too. Exactly. So we provide service for both sides of the of the spectrum. I 
equation. It's kind of like a dating service, right? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, you're going to match up investors with distressed properties, and you could even potentially turn that investor on to hard money or private money lenders Mm -hmm. where, you know, like we talked with Sam Prim, you could potentially invest in real estate without one dime of your own money if you're willing to spend 12 to 15 percent and the numbers are right on the deal. Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton ton of opportunity. I think one of the things, too, is um, that I've been noticing, I know that we're going to be talking about CPI today, but... um, it's deal structuring. I think deal structuring is kind of one of the most important things, obviously, for new investors. Um, that can sometimes be, you know, analysis by paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, again, you know, those are the things we'd love to share is just kind of how to structure these things so that you can get in and it just takes a little bit of courage. And Oh, you know, you know and that's exactly <laughs> I was literally just going to hit on that, that, you know, the biggest stumbling block for people to get into investing in real estate mm-hmm is that fear of being in debt. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, like Sam said, uh, debt is good. If you want to get into yeah. real estate, you are going to be in debt. Yes. But at the same time, other people are going to be paying down your mortgage, mm-hmm. potentially paying your mortgage. Mm-hmm. The value of the property is going up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're still going to be in debt to the mortgage company, and that's just the way this works. But five, eight thing. years down the line. It's a good thing. A good you know, thing. Well, yeah. I, the, the thing I think people misunderstand when they worry about real estate debt, Larry, is the following. You can have a mortgage and owe $200,000 on the property, and all the things you just said are true, right? Where the, the, the tenant or is going to pay the monthly payment, they're going to pay down the balance and all that stuff. But I think the most important thing that people forget or the biggest thing people forget is that you can control a two hundred and fifty or three hundred or $400,000 asset for that $200,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. And that's where the rubber meets the road because when the $300,000 house that you owe 200 on goes up 10%, that's $30,000 in equity directly to you. Yeah. And you, and you haven't changed your debt one penny. Yeah. But yeah. you get the growth in the asset. 100%. But it's that fear factor. It's yeah. that whole thing, For sure. right? I mean, you guys talk to first-time investors, correct? Mm-hmm. All, the All the time. And how, uh, what's their, like, main fear point? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 jumping in. It's, uh, I, I need to look it over. I need to do this. And I think, like, also the other thing... <laughs> That you can use that debt to write down your taxable income. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so like it's it's a it wins on both sides of the equations. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, people are just. I mean, it's it's scary, you know. I mean, it, it, it is yeah. scary. I mean, I remember buying, you know, my first rental. I was definitely nervous. Um, but you know, you just got to do it, and you got to do your homework on your tenants. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and how you structure it, right? Whether you buy it in your name or you buy it in an LLC, like doing due diligence, doing the little you know work up front gets you so much latitude in the back in terms of you know the ability to mess up or fumble the ball. Yeah. Um, so you know if. If they're scared because they're lazy, that's one thing. But if they're scared just because you know it's a, it's it's a big purchase and they maybe only rent or own their own home, yeah, and collateralizing things like that, like there's other ways to do it. So I think it's just exploring those options. Yeah, I diligent. Can, I can even say using private, uh, sorry, hard money for myself was a bit nerve wracking, right? Because it was it was 
Fifteen percent. Yeah, it was something unknown. I yeah. know we had a good buy, right? Because you make we all know that you make your money on the buy. Mm-hmm. But just that initial step to apply for the hard money, you know, get get the underwriting over, down payment, mm-hmm. I mean all the unknowns yeah. for somebody that hasn't done real estate in any fashion is always um we, I call it a deal killer, right? Yeah. People won't move forward just because of that. Well, they get paralyzed. Yeah. You know, right. in their head. And, and, and they, that's just human nature, right? Yes. Like that. Let's yeah. not kid ourselves. That's mm-hmm. not specific to real estate investors. It's people get paralyzed mm-hmm. by the unknown. Yeah. Hey, just uh, real quickly, I wanted to mention that next week we have a really special guest on, Amanda Flieger, I believe I'm pronouncing her name right. If I could pronounce Sam's name right, I could pronounce her <laughs> name right. Uh, Amanda Flieger, uh, who is the vice president of growth for Curbio. You guys have heard of Curbio, oh, right? Awesome, yeah. So nice. she'll be on next week. We're going to be talking a lot about and focusing on what – to what home sellers should focus on when updating their home mm-hmm. uh, for the spring and summer mm-hmm. yeah. selling season mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and what buyers prefer, too. So, you know, those things change, and uh, that'll be an interesting conversation. Let's get into some of the market conditions, and, uh, you know, we talked on Wednesday, a little bit about CPI. Right. Let's get into that again and how that's going to affect rates and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I think that, you know, just to give the short version, Larry, since we covered it kind of in detail on the Wednesday program, look, inflation's not going away, right? And and the consumer price index and um, the, the, the employment number from earlier this month, in spite of the fact I think the employment number was suspect, puts us in a spot. Um, yeah, <laughs> those guys are laughing because they're, they're kind of agreeing, right? Yes. The, there weren't. I, I just find it hard to believe there were 350,000 new jobs created in January, but that's a soapbox conversation we had two weeks ago. Yeah. I won't rehash it here. Yeah. The thing is that with the job growth and with the CPI, which was expected to fall under 3% for the first time and did not, remains at 3.1. That's a big number, right? If you take that if you take that 0.02 and you extrapolate it out over 12 months, that's 2.4% additional inflation we weren't expecting, right? So that's mm-hmm. the difference between 3% inflation and 5.4 over time. That's a real problem for the economy. It's a real problem for the Fed. Rates dropped from the high of 8% last fall into the six and a half area early this year on the expectation that the economy is slowing and the Fed would be forced to consider cutting rates as early as March. The numbers of the last week, Consumer Price Index and the jobs report two weeks ago, tell us that the Fed will continue to be on hold until at least May, probably yeah. June, yeah. potentially later. Yeah, I and the, the thing about mortgage rates and interest rates in the economy in general is We heard about a year ago the idea that the Fed came out and said, you know, you guys need to get used to the idea that rates are going to be higher for longer than you think. 
and this is the, the the manifestation of higher for longer. So rates on the mortgage side of things are squarely back at seven percent on kind of a base mm-hmm. rate basis, right? And all the qualifiers, that's not a quote. Talk to your local lender, need credit score details, six points of information in order to get you an actual rate quote, consult a loan estimate before making any final decision yeah. and all that stuff. But the fact of the matter is rates in the sixes for now are probably gone. And that's an unfortunate thing for the spring home buying season. But the flip side is, I don't know about you, I, I had two home buyers working last week. Both of them put offers into multiple bid situations and didn't win the property. Yeah. And so, no, there's still, still action out there. Yes, there's absolutely. Absolutely. So, so if inventory yeah. is what, yeah. what's causing this. Yeah. Still. yeah, and I, th- I think the shortage of inventory, look, there, there's a couple of things. And what you guys do has a great impact on the ability to improve the inventory situation in the market, right? So, for example, I want to spend a little time. We've got plenty of time on today's show. At some point here, after we get off this topic, I'd like to circle back to the Waukegan property you guys were texting about and talk a little bit about how that's a property that's not in inventory now, right? I've seen the pictures. It's not available (laughs) for a traditional home buyer. But the thing is that it can be inventory for the right buyer if they have their eyes open. Mm-hmm. And so, Larry, we spent a lot of time on Wednesday, and we can talk a little bit more today as well, about the idea of renovation lending mm-hmm. as a tool. Absolutely. To, and what you guys do at Property Pals as a tool to add suitable inventory to the available lot of houses, mm-hmm. which right now is way too small. Yeah, and, you know, if you're going to be an investor – in real estate, you have to be a professional distressed home hunter. You need to be yes. able to find those distressed properties, right? Uh, because that's that's your inventory, I think, and that's what's going to be the bulk of your opportunities out there are distressed properties. If you're investing, whether they're two flats, three flats, single family, whatever condos. And Larry, to be honest with you, it doesn't necessarily have to be a distressed property, right? I mean, we've we've helped out plenty of homeowners that just inherit homes and they they have nothing to do with them and they're not in distress. They're just... They just want to get rid of them. Right. They're outdated and they might have some stuff in there that need to be cleaned out. But I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Distressed properties is the key to acquiring a lot of properties because I mean... I think statistically, it's it's five uh, percent of the inventory out there is essentially distressed, right? Mm-hmm. Out of all the inventory right. that sits in, throughout the states, five mm-hmm. percent is distressed, mm-hmm. and you know we have to sift through a lot of um, rubble to find this yeah. gold of five percent, right? Yeah, and the more uh, in tune you are with marketing, as far as in our space the more gold you'll find. Yeah. And I think we fine-tuned that throughout the years. And it's a lot of work. I mean, it's it's no joke. If you're getting into it, you got to jump in with both feet. Yep. You know, if you and don't do that. Yeah, and a shovel. <laughs> yeah, and a shovel and boots. Um, so, you know, a lot of the things I think that are, you know, 
causing inflation to be so sticky now between that 3.1, 3.2 and getting under 3%. One of the biggest things is the cost of shelter, mm-hmm. which still remains very high. Uh, you know, home ownership is still not real affordable. Only 37% of people with the median income of $96,000 can afford to buy a property at these rates. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's, you know, part of it. Now, something that might help us with rates, I don't know if this is going to be a trend or not, but in January, we saw consumer spending fall by about 0.8%. And Dylan, you can comment on this. They were expecting about 0.3%, but it fell 0.8%. Yeah. So that's a surprising number, Larry. And I think that that's a number that is on the flip side of what we've talked about, right? So the consumer spending is probably a lagging indicator, right? You know, sometimes there's surprises like, hey, 350,000 new jobs. Look at that. And then you end up in this other thing where you're like, hey, 0.8 consumer spending reduction. I think that 0.8 consumer spending reduction has the potential to show itself in a couple of months in the inflation Mm -hmm. numbers Mm -hmm. if it's a true number. And the question is, is it a true number? Now, I, I think that it has the potential to be. One of the things that we've talked about a little bit and you've seen in the economic numbers overall is the idea that the economy is humming along because people are overspending on their credit cards, right? Yes. And people are in more debt than they've been. HELOCs. Bingo. All that stuff. And so the question is, after two, two and a half years of higher rates, are we completely tapped out as a country and running out of available credit to spend? And if that's the reason there's 0.8 reduction, mm-hmm. we could have a real problem in a couple of months. Because if people just, it's one thing to run out of cash. It's a <laughs> second and far more insidious thing yeah. for the economy to run out of credit. You know, yeah. I, I attended a, I attended a sales seminar. God, it was 20 years ago now. I, I was out in the Arizona desert in the middle of August. It was a three-day nice. sales training boot camp on nice. sales just generally, right? And one of the things that the guy said uh, it was Tom Hopkins, sales, sales trainer to the stars. Mm-hmm. And Hopkins said, look, you, everybody's a buyer unless they prove to you that they got no money and no credit. Yeah. And so uh-huh. if we end up as an economy where we've got no money mm-hmm. and no right. credit, generally relative to where we've been, consumer spending is going to fall like a stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna have to keep an eye on that. Listen, before we take a break, I'm going to ask all you guys a question, and when we come back, you can give me your individual answers and tell me what you think this is. Where do you think Gen Z and millennials go to find? And don't answer it now. To find their home buying, uh, uh, you know, info. Where are they going to find their home buying info? What social media platform are they going to? So we're going to take a break. We'll 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 hit that two-foot putt when we get back. Okay. (laughs) We'll we'll take a break, and uh, we'll be right back. All right. 
Tune in to Real Estate Radio, Saturdays at 9 a.m., hosted by the real estate therapist Larry Shackman, a top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com. Top-performing agents for 2% commission, saving you thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Real Estate Radio, the ultimate real estate radio experience. Get insider tips from experts throughout the real estate industry. Streaming live on Facebook at WCPT 820. Trusted Agent USA, Illinois, license number 475 Welcome back to Real Estate Radio, sponsored in part by TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, saving you thousands. Now, now back to Larry, the real estate therapist. All right. Welcome back, everybody. And thanks again for joining us on the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. We are being joined by the Sam and Dane Show, Dane Laverty and Sam Ab. Bundes. Bundes. <laughs> See, good, he does right? it so much better. Of course, it is his name. Oh, man, I just did it. What? Okay. Um, so the question I asked is, where do Gen Z and where do millennials go for their home buying information? What platform is the number one platform they go to? Sam, go ahead. I have to say... It's either Redfin or Zillow where they're getting a lot of their information, mm-hmm. and based on obviously your 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 you know pictures, walkthroughs, virtual walkthroughs is is how they're making their uh, decisions on homes they like. I mean, yeah. and, and I'm I'm saying this because of properties that we put out on the market, and I don't I don't go into my MLS access. I don't mm-hmm. go into anywhere else but realtor or sorry uh, Redfin. Or Zillow, and yeah. I want to see how many saves and how many likes I have. And on they the are, and you know what? That <laughs> awesome because I pre-market all of my listings on Zillow and other places as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're wrong. But that's not the answer okay. you're looking for. Uh, that's not the answer I'm looking for. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, TikTok. Tick. I think everybody's going to TikTok. It's the fastest way to consume information. It's easily digestible. Uh, I mean, everybody's on it. It's a fairly positive platform in terms of. You know, it's funny you say that because I, I there are so many people on TikTok telling me the freaking sky is falling. I'm sick of yeah. hearing it. Yeah. I love the guy on TikTok who's telling me that I have to have like boxes of military MREs and batteries <laughs> and, you know, nine backpacks to be ready to but migrate to the middle of Montana. Right. You'll right. also know how to make it, though. Yeah. <laughs> So, Dane, you are also wrong. Dylan, what is the number one social media platform that Gen Z and millennials go to for their home buying information? If it's it's not that, it's uh, Instagram. Facebook was going to be the other one. Holy crap, you're all wrong. Well, then tell us, Larry. Look at you stumping us. Somebody call and tell these people what the number one platform is that Gen Z and millennials go to. To find their home buying information. Somebody call me because I have no idea. I'm just asking the question. 773-763-9278. I'm joking. The platform that they go to, and I was surprised by this, is YouTube. And YouTube is YouTube. Well, as we know, Google owns YouTube. Google is the number one search platform. YouTube is the number two search platform. And YouTube is their go to site. To we actually home just started putting our properties on in YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. On YouTube platforms. Yes. <laughs> you know, you, you say that. I think I've probably saved $5,000 over the years fixing my car 
with YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just uh, in terms of stuff that – so I – I get it. That yeah, is it where, sense. and I'm you know what? It's not that I wasn't aware of it, but I get yeah, it. It's it not sense. only for home buyers. Not only Gen Zers go there for home buying information, but they go there for all their information because it's visual. Mm-hmm. It's immediate. It's mm-hmm. it's easy to comprehend. You're not reading instructions. You're not. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. in front of you, mm-hmm. and you know they love that. And Makes I sense. love that. We all love that, yeah, right? I mean, real estate is about uh, great media deliverables, mm-hmm. right? It's about having great pictures, great videos. This I'm putting a 151-acre horse farm on the market nice. Nice. in uh, Princeton, which is Bureau County. It's about an hour and 27 minutes outside of Naperville. Oh, cool. And uh, so right now it's a working Appaloosa horse farm. And we're going to be doing, you know, drone shots of the 151 acres. Um, So all of that matters. And that just, I think, speaks to why YouTube is so, uh, you know. Critical. Yes. Well, critical and popular with Gen Z and millennials. And I'll tell you right now, if you're in real estate, I don't care what you're doing. If you're like me, you know. Broker, title agent, uh, investor, whatever, or you're like Sam and Dane and you're running a company that's helping distressed home buyers, uh, or you're Dylan and you're helping people get financing to do all these things, you have got to be on social media and you better be on YouTube yeah. because YouTube is the future with this stuff. Oh, it really is. I like I don't have enough trouble posting a TikTok. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll yeah. tell you the truth. TikTok is going the opposite direction right now. It really is. In what way? Well, uh, there's just a lot of issues with that. Um, with platform. that platform. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, there's a lot of issues with it. You know, the, D- define the, issues. Growth. Uh, you know, there are some people that grow very quickly, but you could get shadow banned on TikTok in like a heartbeat. Okay. And, like the employment numbers. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the employment exactly. numbers. Exactly. Say no more about the government statistics. Yeah. We believe all of it. Don't it's fine. So Nothing to see here. All right. So you were all wrong. That's okay. You all owe me breakfast or something. But um, let's talk about... Uh, what kind of inventory do you guys have available right now? Uh, yeah, we have a couple of places. We have actually a lot of suburb stuff right now. We have stuff in Westmont. We have stuff in Waukegan. We have stuff in Villa Park. Mundelein. Mundelein. Nice. Um, we have some multi- Yes, we have some multifamilies uh, in the south side. Um, what zips is, on the south side? Uh, this one's in Inglewood. It's the west side of Inglewood. Okay. Um, the, it's, the thing's an absolute cash cow, I think, for, the, for you know. Two flat, for, three flat. Six flat. You know, six you flat? Guys, you guys are the second guests that we've had on the podcast in the last two months who've talked about great values in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. I've, sold, Remember, I've, I've been, sold two flats I've been and three Jackie flats when they were in Inglewood. On, yeah. We talked about a six unit. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's just. The, this thing's a monster, though. It's, it's, <laughs> the thing is, it's just. I'll, I'll give you. This is actually a perfect example of um, like people who may be a little bit hesitant to jump in. And where it's our job really to educate. So we have this six flat. It's five out of the six units are are rented. Um, 
the market rents. Uh, mar- market rents one section eight. And I was so I was, you know, I was talk- talking to the investors that were inquiring about. it. I said, hey, listen, this thing is an absolute cash cow. You section eight it. They just came out with new fair market uh, value rents. Um, you section eight this thing. It would grow something a lot around eleven thousand a month, and then PITI would be like thirty three hundred bucks. So you could still mess up considerably and make a, a, a nice amount of change every month. But one of the things that we were doing. It's like we'll go and we'll go to the Department of Buildings and we'll pull all the violations. Mm-hmm. And it looks like somebody at the Department of Buildings has a bone to pick with with the seller because it's things like, um, you know, no guardrails, smoke, cha- detectors. smoke detectors, you know, chain link fence, simple uh, stuff. It's simple. It's simple stuff. And um, and sometimes when I think people who are newer to investing see this type of stuff, they get so scared. Yeah. And, you know, there's an order from the city and it's like, hey, this stuff is super simple. You guys get yourself a good, you know, a yeah. good real estate attorney. They'll go down, they'll implead into the case. And you know what? A lot of times up. those things are wrong. In other words, For the sure. the uh, things that they have on file that uh, they're just not right mm-hmm. because they've already been corrected. I had a four flat I sold yeah. that was like that. Yeah. And we had to go back to the city, I don't know how many times, and say, guys, you signed off on this. We have your guy signature. signature. Here it is. <laughs> um, so you got to, you know, like we said earlier, you got to jump in with both feet and yeah. you got to do your due diligence. And I love the sound of this property, so we got to talk about it some more. <laughs> so it's a six flat. Yeah. Is there, is there, uh, uh, laundry in the building, or is there? Uh, so there's there's no. I don't believe there's laundry in the building, but the basement is where you can put storage and laundry. Okay, so you so could water- potentially put coin laundry in the. Well, basement. Yeah, wa- I mean, water service is already built in. Gas lines are already built in. So like, you don't have to worry um, about you know recalling the city out, getting new you know new gas pipes put in, new water you know running pipes for water. It's it's fairly straightforward, but. I mean, just from like, like I say, a cash flow play, this thing is out of control. And I think you know, for people, like the cash on cash return is something like, um, like I don't know, seventy or sixty percent, which is wild. Yeah. Um, you know, the cap rate I think was at like sixteen percent. Are these month to month tenants typically? Uh, I think there's three of them that are month to month. One's on a year lease. One's Section Eight. So you know, I don't know if I'm going to this. I you know I buy the building. It changes ownership. I take the Section Eight tenant out. And I tell her to reapply for the vacant unit so that I can capture the fair market rents, mm-hmm. and then I just do it to the next one. I to the one she leaves. I put a Section Eight tenant in there, and then just slowly work with the other at tenants. market rent. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I would I would Section Eight these just because the Section Eight over there is so high. And they're four bedrooms, three baths. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Four bedrooms, three bedroom. Uh, Apartments, right? Yeah. All of them. Big. There's four. There's four four-bedroom apartments and two three-bedroom apartments. Holy crap! Yeah. This thing is is golden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's a cash cow, literally. And, and it's and again, it's in a it's in a block that's like I said, a little punched out. And when I say punched out, I mean that there's you know vacant lots and then a building and a vacant lot. But then it's again, it's it's also quiet. Um, and this is in Parnell. this is in Inglewood. This is in Inglewood. Yeah, it's okay. off uh, it's off Parnell. Okay. Uh, Ball, ballpark, what's it going to sell for? Uh, we have it out right now for 350 Okay. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, again, even you know, even if you went in here and you put, again, all the units were rehabbed within the last three years. Um, what about the exterior, like tuck pointing, stuff like tuck, that? Tuck pointing needs a little bit of work on the west side, like the rear west side of the building. Roof is in uh, is in good uh, good to decent condition. There's been some patchwork done. There's no, you know, they're not getting any leakage. Um 
mechanicals are strong. All the the you know each unit separated heat. Um, Electrical. Yeah, I mean this is you know this isn't all I'd, updated. The electricals updated. Yeah, all the, up, the, all the electricals updated. Copper pipe. Yeah, we may have to talk after the yeah. show <laughs> because so. honestly, this this sounds like a, I can't believe there's not somebody at you know knocking down your door. There, for there this. is. There's a there's a guy in California that's like just going at us, and we're trying. So this is always the challenge with yeah. with distressed properties is is and, and, and rented out properties. Yeah, it's like you know they don't want you to go in into the unit, or they have a tenant who's really dirty that doesn't want people in there and i go to be quite honest like we don't care like we just need to get in there so that we can make sure that the you know the bathroom is that there's a bathroom in there and it's not right. just yeah. a bunch of tile and yeah you know it, uh, yeah i mean you got to get your eyes on these properties so. i mean i've invested in properties where i went in with a partner who i trusted a lot and was you know, knows what she's doing and everything. But had I driven out to the, and this was in St. Charles, Mm -hmm. had I driven out to the property before I committed to the investment, I probably wouldn't have done it. Um, So my suggestion to everybody is, and you can't always do this, especially in a a market that is so depleted of inventory. Uh, You can't always get your eyes on it first, but I would say, in most cases, do what you can to get feet on the ground and get your eyes on the property, see all the units, mm-hmm. and uh, see what you're getting yourself into. So we literally serve these properties up to investors, professional inspection, virtual walkthrough. I noticed that on your layout. Yeah. And um, we just started implementing the YouTube videos yeah. about maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. So we give uh, an investor... The ability to actually make a decision whether to take the next step to go out there and seriously look at it and or say, hey, this isn't for me. Or, hey, you know what? Based on the information you guys provided, this is for me. Where Let's do, do I it. send earnest money at? Yeah. Right. So, the contract the deposit. Contract. Sorry. So, so speaking of what do I do next, what I want to do for everybody listening right now is um, have you guys give the website because I think they need to know where to go to take a look at these properties. So, yeah. Sure. Go ahead. Here's the plug. And it's a platform that we actually use. It's it's Investor Lift. And where we got all, all the approach that we have now, essentially, uh, Robert Wensley, the owner of Investor Lift, was, uh, you know, in conversation with with another individual obviously i stepped in like a fly on the wall and you know kind of just listening and he's like hey you know your uh, average spreads for wholesalers that actually present 75 professional pictures floor plan layouts matterport youtube videos and um and and that translates to an extra 10 to 15,000 in your assignments hmm. so and apart from that, it gives an individual the ability to make a decision fairly quick. And let's explain what an assignment is for those listening that aren't really up on that. Just, just quickly, it's investorlift.com forward slash company forward slash property pals USA. Or you can go to find off market properties plural.com uh, and get on the, uh, the, yeah, the mailing list there. So find off market properties.com and we'll go ahead and add you to the, uh, the mailing list. Yeah. So yeah, check out that uh, website. But yeah, so when you assign a property, you're essentially getting that property under control and then you're assigning it to the end buyer right. and explain that. So essentially an assignment is 
in in a, in a nutshell, you're taking over the contract that we have with the seller. In a nutshell, right? Without getting too far in the weeds. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're essentially a, a contract from A to B, us and the seller. The assignment gives you full control of that contract. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we control we control the contract and essentially we'll give the contract over to an individual once the contract deposit is received on our end. Mm-hmm. And does that end buyer pay all the closing costs typically? They do. Typically they do. Sometimes they'll give a you know a, a kickback or two, but those are more or less newer investors that that, okay. that you know haven't bought an assignment or haven't bought a, a property off market through an assignment. Um, yeah, so I know where all of your end buyers can save forty three percent on their title costs. Where is that? All they have to do is call me. (laughs) I'm a title agent. So any investor that I work with, and uh, these are all insured through Old Republic or major national title companies, Um, any investor that I work with gets 43% off of their title insurance policy. And as you know, that could be substantial Uh, if you're buying a $350,000 uh, building uh, like yeah. the one we're talking about. Um, I'm gonna just guesstimate here. The card rate on that is probably somewhere around twenty five hundred dollars. So just you know, if we just take fifty percent, that's mm-hmm. twelve fifty. So they're gonna save about let's just say eleven hundred dollars yeah. on their title insurance. So uh, yeah, let's talk. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I'd love yeah. to help them out seriously. Okay. Uh, because listen, when you're investing, every dime counts. Absolutely, every dime. Well, counts. I, you know the the thing that people forget, right, is this idea like every dollar you get on your additional purchase price on the end, if you're flipping, right, if you're an investor, mm-hmm. that gets weighted down or. or you lose whatever your costs are, right? So you may move 60 cents of that to the top line or 40 cents or depending on the deal, depending on your capacity. Mm -hmm. Every dollar in expenses you save is a dollar every single time. Oh, yeah. And so expense reduction is super critical. We're having a lot of conversations in the mortgage business about this right now, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of mortgage companies are saying, hey, we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep selling. We're going to find more loans. We're going to do more stuff, blah, 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 blah. And every dollar of top-line growth comes with paying a commission, paying a processor, paying for compliance, paying for credit reports, blah, 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 blah. But if you can cut your expenses by a dollar, that's a dollar. dollar. Yeah. And, and so the, the question or the, the point to what you're talking about is how do we save – uh, the, uh, you know, $43, like that's bottom line dollars. Yeah, and that's huge because title is one of the higher costs next to your real estate commissions when you're buying or selling a home. So if you can save 43% on your title insurance policy, that's huge. And by the way, we do that for all of our sellers, not just investors. I'm just referencing investors. I, th- I think also just, you know, when you go through the home buying process, whether it be um, you know, for your own personal residence or as an investment, it just feels like those title costs are so nickel and dimey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little this here, a little no, this here. Well, Psychologically, it's just about like, that. Yeah, it's exactly. Just so annoying. And people, there's not one buyer or seller out there mm-hmm. in 23 years that I've worked with that really know 
any of the title costs yeah. at all. None of them. And you're right. There's a lot of little things on there. Wire transfer fee, yeah. the fee you know, 25 fee bucks for this. Fee to fax this. <laughs> fee. Paper here. But you know what? I mean, it, it's what it is. But yeah. if you could save 43% on the title policy, you are you're saving a good chunk of change. You really are. Yeah, even for for first time home buyers, right? That are that oh. are FHA buyers. You know that 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 does make a big difference, right? Because they can use that to buy a set of uh, a washer and dryers. So when I'm talking about, so we can only do that for sellers. Mm-hmm. So we can't. Ah, yeah, it, okay. we can't work with. Uh, uh, you know, the lender's policy on title is typically like five hundred and seventy-five dollars. It's not a huge. It's not a huge cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but who we're really helping is the seller. So when they're selling their home, mm-hmm. a seven hundred and fifty, a million dollar home, you know, you're talking about saving twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. And those people didn't get that million dollar home because they don't care about selling, saving money, yes. right? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So what else? What I think, else? You well, got? I think it's. I was talking to you earlier. I think like right now, um, you guys were talking about interest rates and unemployment and mm-hmm. where we're going as a, a nation. And it seems it, yeah, it seems to be that we're moving in the direction to being just a nation of renters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know right now, it feels like it could be one of the best times post COVID to buy a home. It doesn't feel like housing prices are going down. It doesn't feel. Um, just because rates are high, that means that uh, and inventory is again is, is tight. It's going to be obviously more competitive. But if these rates stay high and you know, more inventory comes on the market, like this is going to be the best time to to, to buy these homes because yeah. again, you can always refinance later. And, and capture some of that equity back. You know, people that think they're going to wait out the market <laughs> and they're going to fool the market and they're smarter than the market mm-hmm. and it, it's not happening. It won't it's, happen. It's just not happening. So, uh, you know, you yeah, can't well, do that. No one's you that know what? You guys are singing from the sheet of music I've been singing from for a long time, right? right. I, I, I'm amazed by the fact that we were in a spot where values were going up and, and the demographics of 28 to 35 year olds is the biggest that it's been in two generations, three generations. And we find ourselves in this situation where, you know, those folks need housing. There's not enough housing available. And rates went up and everybody's like, well, it's a bad time to buy. And it's like, well, you were bidding against 15 other people for this house before. Mm-hmm. And now there's three people bidding for it. And this is worse how? Explain how. I don't understand. It's a great time. It's crazy because some of those people are now in foreclosure. So like, I, mm-hmm. I'll go on to the Illinois foreclosure listing service sometimes just to peruse. And uh, you'll see like these, you know, these new filings and you see rates that are like 2.8, mm-hmm. 3.2. And you're just like, how do you get into foreclosure? And it's because people overspent. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like like crazy. And I think also the other thing, like, you know, for like millennials and and um, Gen Z, Gen Z years is like it. I think looking into a lot of this more creative financing is a way to home ownership. Like I, th- I think that hundred percent it's something that um, is realistic. And so, and this is why you know why I said TikTok is because this information is out there on TikTok. Oh it's yeah, definitely on there on YouTube as well. And I, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, um, but I think again looking into these types of things because now people don't have to come out of pocket. You know the. The twenty percent, you know, they can get, they can go and buy a home that's headed into foreclosure, 
for a couple thousand dollars and make a payment, you know, that's yeah. already in place, at, right. that's low, that and they can afford. And Illinois is one of the leading states when it comes to foreclosures coming on the market. And I think one of the reasons for that is, is we are a judicial foreclosure state. Mm-hmm. So all of these uh, foreclosures got clogged up in the system during COVID and, and are just now coming out of the system. So I think that, that lends to a lot well, of The it. lenders laid everybody off, right? So like everybody they, who yeah. worked yeah. so, that, so That's just, a good point. You know, it was just a matter of, of, of like when these would come. But, um, you know, I think for people who want to buy in foreclosures, there is a way to do it. Um, you know, feel free to, to definitely, you know, shameless plug, reach out to Sam or myself. Do it. What's yeah, your well, number? How do they get um, in touch with you? S- well, personal number, 847-302-9334. Essentially, I'm the front end of the company on the acquisition side. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we, we not every individual we speak to, we end up buying their house, but we always will point an individual towards the best solution for them, yeah. whether that's with us or whether that's an attorney or whether the next steps to you know stop a foreclosure. Options. It's options. all about yeah. options. I, I call Optionality is what yeah, nice. how I put it out there, right? right? Nice. For sure. Yeah. We give individuals that option to you know, move forward where it's a win-win or just there to help. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the different types of foreclosures, and we'll wrap it up. Ooh. Nice. Tune in to Real Estate Radio, Saturdays at 9 a.m., hosted by the real estate therapist, Larry Shackman. A top-producing real estate broker, author, CEO, and founder of TrustedAgentUSA.com. Top-performing agents for 2% commission, saving you thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Real Estate Radio, the ultimate real estate radio experience. Get insider tips from experts throughout the real estate industry. Streaming live on Facebook at WCPT 820. Trusted Agent USA, Illinois, license number 475-145-795. Welcome back to Real Estate Radio, sponsored in part by TrustedAgentUSA.com, the ultimate real estate matchmaker, saving you thousands. Now, now back to Larry, the real estate therapist. All right, you guys, welcome back. And again, thanks for joining us on the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. Um, real quickly, I want to run through some of the different types of foreclosures. So we're in a judicial foreclosure state in Illinois. What that means is all foreclosures have to go through the court system, which is always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exactly where you want to find yourself on a Thursday or Friday in court <laughs> for anything. Getting a continuance. So, I mean, getting things resolved. Yeah, <laughs> so in a judicial foreclosure state, we know that uh, these things can stay in limbo for two, three, four, five years mm-hmm. with a homeowner living there and not paying the mortgage. So that's a tough spot. And listen, I'm not diminishing the tough spot the homeowner's in for whatever reason, but that's a tough spot for servicers as well. But there's another, the non-judicial foreclosure states, like I think Texas Mm -hmm. is a non-judicial foreclosure state. If you get foreclosed on in Texas, you better have a place to go in four weeks. Yeah. Yes. You're not going to be living there in four weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between judicial and non-judicial. Mm-hmm. But there's something else, a zombie 
foreclosure, oh. which is – I'm sure you guys are familiar love with that. I love them. That's what we sharpened our teeth on. There, there you go. Tell and that's us a what little I, bit about that. That's what I mean about you got to jump in with both feet and you got to know this stuff. So what's a zombie foreclosure? So, yeah, so <laughs> essentially a zombie foreclosure is when there are all sorts of – Liens and judgments. judgments against the property, Water. and the, essentially the house and the, the sellers yeah. have been pulled into court by another lien holder, and the mortgage company doesn't want to be in that. They're like, no, no, no. Or if you're back behind on taxes, the, the mortgage company doesn't want to be involved in that. So they'll say, you know, they'll look at the the call sheet and say, oh yeah, you got we're getting sued by all these people. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, we, we don't want it. We're good. <laughs> We're out. So they'll they'll walk away. This is the thing. They won't always record a release. So in these instances, sometimes they'll just they won't pursue payment or pursue you know uh, or file a case, but they will just kind of sit back and wait and see like okay, let's see how this goes. And then when you go to sell the property and you're in the weeds and you're yeah, clearing all these lanes, they're and now in your like, face. oh, by the way, yeah, you never need that release. <laughs> you're just like, oh, okay. So these are basically properties that are like just stuck in legal limbo. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just sitting there and they're not really moving through the system. Yeah. But uh, so the other the other uh, real quickly type of foreclosures are the strict foreclosure where the lender will sue the homeowner directly. Mm. So uh, that's another type. And then, of course, the auction foreclosure. And that could happen in really any state, whether it's a judicial or non-judicial. Like, for instance, many times the Fannie Mae foreclosure foreclosures that I was managing, um, they would eventually go to auction because Fannie Mae has no clue how to sell a property. Mm -hmm. So they overprice it every time it comes on the market. And then when it's on the market for six months and they can't figure out why it didn't sell, uh, you can tell I love Fannie Mae, Mm -hmm. Um, then that property might go to Mm auction.com or whoever else, and that property will be auctioned off. So those are the basically the the five different types of foreclosures unless you guys can wrap it up with any anything else you'd like yeah, I mean, to add I mean, to the that. city like the, the m1 cases with the city or you know the city foreclosures for whatever you get a bunch of violations you don't pay them the city will actually foreclose yeah taxes um hoas yeah. can foreclose hoas can foreclose um you know what the great thing about foreclosures is? Is that they all can be negotiated. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think like also for any sellers out there that are in foreclosure, you can always call up whoever has a lien on the property and you can negotiate with them. Well, and for buyers, you can do the same thing. Here's what I used to tell everybody. The first time I knocked on the door, they're in foreclosure, and we talked about this before. By that time, they've stopped reading all their mail and all that. So I knock on their door, and I would just simply tell them, Listen, don't do anything until I put a cash for keys notice on your door. Yeah. Now you got to start dealing with people. Yeah. So, Dylan, anything before we wrap up? You know, I, I just say in summary, what we're talking about here on foreclosure is the idea that you, you need help. You can't do the thing we talked about in terms of investors, which is get paralyzed by what you don't understand or the information that you don't have and get help. And you guys at Property Pals are a resource for help. Larry, you're a yeah. resource for help. I can be a resource for help. That's the most important thing. Get help. Yeah. All right. Listen, I want to thank the Sam and Dane show from Property Pals USA. We'll see you here. Can we call them the Property Pals? The Property Property Pals. Pals. We'll see you. Hey, 
Dylan, you're a marketing <laughs> genius. <laughs> see, see you there, Larry? Um, right, we'll hey, see you guys. Devin needs yeah, us out of here. We will see you guys next week on the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. See you Thank again. You. Thanks, guys. All right. See you guys. Thanks for joining us on Real Estate Radio with your host, Larry Shagman, the real estate therapist and top producing broker. Now go to trustedagentusa.com and save thousands when you sell, buy, or invest. Illinois license number 475 Tune in next week for the ultimate real estate radio experience.